Welcome, everybody, to this college football podcast where we are not here to go to school. To play school. To, I, 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 I'm giving, I was going through all the stuff, Mo. All of it. All the things we're not here for. We're not here to go to school. We're not here to talk about school. We're not here to play school. We're here to talk football. You got to let me go. I, I had a thing going. My, my I, knew, bad. I know what I know what the I know what the name of the show is. Give me some. I don't know. Practice. It just it threw me <laughs> off. <laughs> it's okay. Um, what, we got to remember why we're here, Mo. The man's in the news today too. I mean, he's I don't know if he's Pablo in the news Tor- or if he's in the news for us. Pablo Torre finds out. That's a very popular. That's true. That's nowadays. true. That's, Pablo, Pablo Torre is is popping off right now. That's true. He had Carl Cardell on there today. We're not here. We ain't come to play school. Classes are pointless. Mo, do you, how do you feel about that as a grad student right now? Our class is pointless. Uh, my one class feels pretty pointless. I'm not going to lie. And then we just got to give you the vision. Look at this, man. Bill's legend. Someone he tweeted today. He's not one of the Bill's legends over in London this week. That's my question. Somebody tweeted today about Cardale and said that that's the worst mistake of Sean McDermott's career is cutting Cardale and keeping Nathan Peterman. And I honestly have to agree. Cardale yes. could not have been worse. He could not have been worse than Nathan Peterman, no. man. He and could that's not the have thing. been worse. I mean, I think with that, we just get Josh Allen a, a start right away his rookie year. I don't think we, have, we never have to go through the Nathan Peterman experiment at all. Yeah. That'd be nice. Well, it would have been better for all of us. If we didn't have to go with the Nathan Peterman experience, yeah, twice, but twice. We're here for it's- one reason today. It's Red River. I, I didn't put shootout. I'm going rivalry still. I don't no, know what it's, it's actually it's, called. It's sh- I think it's back to showdown. I believe showdown. Showdown's I, the worst one that they've had. Honestly, showdown it. feels like a showdown when they when a team call when they call a game a showdown it feels like i'm watching like marshall versus utep in like the the fort worth showdown hey like, well, colorado colorado state is the rocky mountain showdown and that was a great that's game that's a stupid name well it's just <laughs> it is, rocky- it's, back to, it's back to showdown right now that's what it okay. says okay what about when, shootout when, in our hearts and for the purpose of the show it's it's shootout wouldn't it be better if it was like the Rocky Mountain Classic or something? I think Showdown? that already, I think that already exists. What is that? I don't know. No, no, there's no rumble in the Rockies, which is already taken. That's a good one. That's a good one. But you know, I think that's that's Utah and Colorado. I think is rumble in the Rockies. Okay. Well, how about Red River? Um, it's shootout. Just stick with shootout. That's all. Red we need. River. I got nothing else. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about this game? We're a couple days out. Uh, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. In, it's at the Cotton it's Bowl. It's I mean it's always it's always an electric atmosphere at the Cotton Bowl. It's one of the like true like neutral site games that we get in college football every single year. It's you know it's not like it's not uh, the All State Safe Hands Classic. You know that like two random teams are in right. or like the whatever. Marshall the and Utah. Need yeah. to get them together. Marshall yeah. Utah, I need that matchup yeah. in my life. <laughs> it's it, it's one of the actual like the true like neutral site games that we get in college football, and it's such a special event. And it's been held at the Cotton Bowl since 1929, 
and it's it just an insane long time. It was originally I was looking when I was writing about it this week, and I was looking stuff up that it was held at the state fairgrounds. It was a ten-year lease. That was all the original contract was supposed to be, and now here we are. What is that? Uh, Eighty-four years later, that they're still holding the game there, and it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, you're gonna see the crowd. It's gonna be a split. What was Oklahoma Tech? Are they crimson? Right down the middle. I don't know. Is it crimson? No, because because uh, Alabama's crimson. I wouldn't. Yeah, say they're not scar- they're not scarlet either. That's Ohio State. Whatever red that Oklahoma is is gonna be half, and then the other half is burnt orange. And it's a it's just a beautiful sight. This year though, I, it's it's not on Fox. We don't get Gus Johnson, and he's been calling it the last like five years at least. And that's tough. No right. Gus. It does say our primary color is crim- Oklahoma crimson. Oh, so you see, they have to have the distinction because yeah. the, the crimson's it's locked not out. Alabama crimson. This is Oklahoma crimson. So, but no, like I said, I mean, it's this is the you're more broken up about Gus Johnson than I am. Listen, I'm used to the ABC days of the. Uh, I'm used to it being Brent Musburger or Chris Fowler or it's Sean just, McDonough or something like that. It's just, it's just, it's been the last like five six years. It's such a, it's such a chaotic game. That Gus Johnson was just made to call Big 12 football and especially the Red Red River. He was. Well, Chris Fowler and Herb Street, I believe, will be there. So I think that we're getting the. I'm, I'm looking at 506 Sports right now. Um, I don't. To talk about the actual game. It is Fowler I, and Herb Street. It is Fowler yeah. and Herb Street. To talk about the actual game, I don't think Oklahoma can stay on the field. I don't know if anybody in the Big 12 can stay on the field with Texas, and I expect that to happen again. I think that this is going to be a a day where they're only five and a half point favorites. Like I would hammer, <laughs> hammer that. I think that they're going to win by two touchdowns. I feel like it's going to be like 38 to 24 and 24 for this Oklahoma team. I mean, I just don't know if that, I, I don't, they scored 50 last week against Iowa State, right? Mm-hmm. But the 28 against SMU, the game at Cincinnati where the offense looked really – it was a struggle for everybody in that game. I just feel like Texas is clicking on all cylinders, and I don't think Oklahoma has the – I don't think Oklahoma can keep up from what we've seen these first five games. I don't think anybody can really keep up with Texas. Right it'll, now, so. it, it'll be interesting because, I mean, a lot of like – Oklahoma right now third best offense points per game in the country, but a lot of that is based off of early season squashing, you know, nobody opponents. They put up 70 on Arkansas State week one, and that's helping their average a lot. But you're right, against Cincinnati, against Tulsa, and then even, I mean, they came out firing against Iowa State, but Iowa State was able to keep that game close for the first, you know, quarter and a half before getting blown out completely. It's they have they definitely have not played a defense as good as Texas is yet, and so that's going to be a, a big test. And Dylan Gabriel is an experienced quarterback. I mean, he's been playing a long time. His first Red River last year, he missed it because of injury. Um, and when they win, Oklahoma got embarrassed and they got shut out last year. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that environment. It's definitely the biggest game he's ever played in his career, coming from UCF. Uh, it's you know he's doing he's doing pretty good right now. Fourth most pass touchdowns in college football. Um, and seven most passing yards. So if he can just get, you know, going the way he has been, it's going to be, I mean, it's a strong, it's a tough defense, but he, you know, he may be able to find some holes in it. I don't know if it's going to be a two score win for Texas. There's a reason that's five and a half. I believe in Texas defense and their offense is great, but their offense has a tendency to start slow in these games. And if they're starting slow, I don't, I believe they can play catch up because their defense can steal, steal a couple possessions for them. 
But if they, you know, that means that game's going to be a lot closer. I don't see it being close. I just, I, I just think the offense can't start slow. And that's – we've seen this our, this offense start slow a lot this year. I think they I think they could score 28 points in a quarter on this team. And so I, I mean, think they've done it before. Can, I mean, that's what I mean. They've done it before. That's what I mean. They've done it to this team before. Like, I just feel like they're – like, even if they start I, – I just think – there's going to be a point, a 15-minute stretch, a 20-minute stretch in this game where they get overwhelmed. You know what I mean? Like, Oklahoma gets overwhelmed, I mean, by Texas. for, And it's just going to be too much. I think that's the difference in the game. I I mean, yeah, I'm still, I would still pick Texas to win, you know, 10 out of 10 times. Do you think they cover? I think they cover. I don't think it's – I don't I, – I think it – I think it's like a one score game. I think it it's like a seven point win. I don't think they're winning by 14. Like you're saying, I think this game it's It could be like 45 to 38 or something. Maybe it won't even be that high scoring, but you, I mean, red river usually is a fairly high scoring game. I, I definitely get, I, I think I see it as a touchdown win, not a field goal. It's going to be, it's going to be at least a touchdown, but it's not going to be more than that. All right. We Maybe shall take, see. I would take an alternate spread of, of like six and a half. Okay. All right. Touchdown. It's going to be a fun, it's going to be a great game right at noon there um, in, in the is. Cotton Bowl, like you said. So we'll go to, we'll move on to some other games, on a couple other big games this week. Maryland traveling to Ohio State. Can they do it? Can Maryland pull off the upset? This is definitely the I don't know what to say about this Ohio State team, but it definitely looks the most gettable for an upset than we've seen in the last couple of years. And this is also Ohio State team, even in its, you know, they're on such a great run right now, obviously dating back like the last 10 years or whatever. And they still lose these games sometimes to the random Big Ten team. It happens to Purdue a lot, <laughs> you know, like a lot, uh, yeah, a lot of losses to Purdue. But Maryland, this this is a good Maryland team to start the year. Um, they're feeling good about it. This is it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, I think. And I'm also um, just want to see Kyle McCord in this matchup where they're the favorites. They're at home, big game. Like it's not a big game like Notre Dame where they're not you know national TV right because it's on it's big noon, right? I'm pretty sure. So it's on the across from yeah, it's big noon. Yeah, it's from big noon. Texas and Oklahoma. So like the eyes in the world are going to be on Dallas. So it's not the biggest stage, but that's when I feel like noon start Ohio Stadium, Maryland comes out high flying offense and scores or something. I don't know. This game just it's interesting on paper at least when you've seen how the Buckeyes have kind of started some of these games against lesser opponents this year. It is, and I mean. I mean, even to say Maryland is a lesser opponent. I mean, it's it's true. You look. I mean, they are. They are. They're still five and zero this year. They're twenty they're, point underdogs. <laughs> yeah, twenty point underdogs, which it, it seems high because this Maryland team can score. Five and zero this year. Two and zero in the conference already, and they're right outside uh, in others receiving votes. I think. I think they're twenty sixth. They're coming in for others receiving votes, so they're right outside the top twenty five. Ohio State's only had one. Uh, Big Ten game so far this year, and it was super close. It was at Indiana. It wasn't a home game, but it was a very close game. So this is, I mean, it's a big test for Kyle McCord in his first home start for the Big Ten. You know, we've we've seen them start out slow. They need to still figure out against better defenses how to get Marvin Harrison Jr. involved. 
He is not looking at all like the wide receiver people were predicting he was going to be. He's not looking like he's a Heisman candidate like people thought he was going to be. Obviously, when he does get the ball, he's electric, but it's been against Youngstown State. Yeah. Can they get you know? Can they get him the ball in a Big Ten game actually and see him do something? That's the biggest question to me, honestly. I think that I think they'll beat Maryland decently, like fairly handily, because even McCourt isn't on. That defense is still solid, and they have Trayvon Henderson to rely on. And obviously, his favorite target seems to be Kate Stover at tight end. So they'll be set. But it's that's what I'm interested to see in, is if Ryan Day can find some scheme for Marvin Harrison Jr. that he can actually kind of show out against a Big Ten team. Because right now he's getting shut down. Yeah, uh, we we shall see. It might be the quarterback as much as anything else too, though. Like it, uh, it might be. Like I don't. I just I'm not sold. It's on Kyle McCord, and if he if they have a bad game, if they if they play like they've ha- played the first five games or four games they've had this year, again in Big Ten play the whole way through, they're gonna get caught by somebody because oh, it's just yeah. been too inconsistent. Sure. And, and so I mean, Maryland, go ahead. No, you're. I mean, you're right. It's it's. I mean, to his brother, Talia is playing great. I mean, right now he's he's got the yeah, stats to back up as one of the top quarterbacks in the Big Ten right now, and he kind of sure. has done that for the last couple of years. He kind he doesn't you know he doesn't always perform in these big games, but he he has the stats coming into this game to show out for sure. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, do you think that Maryland pulls the upset? No, I. I don't think they pulled the upset because I think Ohio State's defense is still just too solid all around that they're gonna you know they're gonna get to them. But it's I, twenty seems a lot. I, the, the way this Ohio State Ohio State team has looked this year, I'm surprised that they're twenty point favorites. I, I think yeah, it's kind of wild. Yeah, ten maybe, ten to like eleven. I, it's probably because it's at it's at home is a big part of it. I wonder what the spread would look like if they they were at College Park, but. I'm telling you, man, these these Ohio State fans, they don't care about noon starts against Maryland. So it's not going to it. They could be sleepy like it could be like a very sleepy start. And this is a team that hasn't proven that they can survive sleepy starts against good teams. And maybe like you're saying, Maryland's five and oh, they might just be a good team this year. And this could be their biggest win. So I'm who knows? Like, I just it's interesting and it's going to be like happening next to Red River. So it's going to be like, oh, man, is Ohio State down, like, you know, 14 to nothing to Maryland or something? And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've, I mean, you've been at those – at one of those noon kickoffs before yes. for at, at Ohio Stadium, and you've seen that. Oh, you know, I've been to two, and they were both losses. Yeah. So, for you, you. I'm just saying, you've, you've seen yeah. that. You, you know firsthand that that crowd doesn't get up all the time. Well, and that was for – and the last one was against Oregon, which was the the biggest game yeah. of, of the season. Like, you know, yeah. Oregon – future big 10 matchup who would have thought but um at the that time crowd, yeah, that crowd can be weird sometimes they just yeah. sometimes they don't get up for those noon i mean that's a lot of places i mean those big stadiums those college kids you know they're not always hot, fired up for those noon starts sometimes those night games is where they're shining but gotta get gotta be more uh i, I would get, expect just wake up a little earlier that's all i'm saying yeah. i i would expect a big a big run uh a big run game from trayvon henderson is what i would think all right, we shall see. Let's go to Maryland or in Maryland. Let's go to Alabama and Texas A&M. I mean, can A&M, the A&M, the talent's always there. They've beaten Bama in these spots before, but Alabama looked like they kind of figured something out last week. So what do you, what's your vibe Fair, on this game? I mean, I, I think Bama wins. It's their only, their, it's, I mean, close game. They're only one, one point favorites um, at Texas A&M. 
which makes sense. The way AM doesn't look bad. I mean, they they got you know beat up pretty bad by Miami at uh, Miami earlier this year, but other than that, they've looked solid. And like you said, they are a well recruited team. Jimbo is really great at recruiting. You know, top fifteen the last three years, and which includes a number one class. Um, can they put it all together? Their defense is legit. They have the second. They're tied for the second most sacks. And what I noticed is that Jalen Milrow has taken 15 sacks already this year. If they can just get to him and put pressure on him, and we know he kind of likes to turn the ball over, so that's going to be the big deciding factor of this game. Jalen Milrow last year, his his first career start was uh, home against Texas A&M when Bryce Young was out oh. for injury, and he had three turnovers, a pick and two fumbles. Mm. This year he's already got three. he's already got three interceptions. So if they can get him and get pressure on him, either getting sacks or forcing him to put the ball up in bad spots – yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this game is just really, really sloppy, and it's yeah. going to be a one. And I would, it's going to be a one score game again. That minus one, I one hundred percent. I would take A and M if they win or lose. It's going to be like a field goal. All right. Well, I, I think that uh, I think it's going to be. I, I just think Bama is going to handle business here. I, this a the only exposure I've had to A and M this year though has been that Miami game where they just looked atrocious and i have not seen much of any of them so i'm i'm leading on on your there so i'm with you with uh with what you're looking at for the game let's go to the other game in the sec though because this one is i'm really interested in what you think is going to happen here because i think georgia has looked pretty average and i don't understand that i this is my biggest pet peeve with um preseason polls to begin with because they have not been the number one team in the country the, the last yeah. couple of weeks. Michigan probably has more of a say to it. Texas probably has more of a say to it. And Georgia's just still there. And this is a Kentucky team coming in another team, five and oh, looking good again. They've got an outstanding running back um, who has, I wanted to get his stats up for Ray Davis, 594 on the season. He's averaging seven and 7.8 yards per carry. He has eight touchdowns, 120 yards a game. Like he's been killing it on the ground. That's what they want to do is control the ball mm-hmm. and beat you that way. And what play is that? Would you say 594? So I think that, that he's like fourth in the country then, right? Yeah. Yeah. They've won every game when it like pretty handily so far this year. Um, the, the closest game they've actually had was hosting Eastern Kentucky week two, 28-17 win. So that was probably I mean, like a very sleepy whatever game, but every yeah. other game dominated. And last week playing Florida, I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't close. They they handled Florida 33-14. So I don't know. It's between the hedges. So everybody's like, oh, you know, Georgia at home will just default to that. It's at 14 and a half. But we saw how they looked against South Carolina a couple weeks at home. They started slow. Beck started slow. And this Kentucky team is the best team they played in the last three weeks and Georgia has looked sleepy the last three weeks. And you feel like when these teams look like this, especially teams at the top, they get guys with the same thing we're talking about with Ohio state. Like eventually when you, you'll, you play that inconsistent, the right team's going to catch you in Kentucky. They always feel like they're primed for an upset because they're so well tucked, like buttoned up that they just will come out there and play sound football. And they might be able to beat Georgia by forcing Georgia to make the mistakes they've been making. I mean, 100%. And that's, like, kind of the biggest thing is they – you're talking about um, South Carolina a couple weeks ago that was at home. Yeah. It's only last week when they were at Auburn and they started super slow again. They were down 10 nothing, And then they only win that game by one score. And it's kind of because of Brock Bowers, like, heroics. You know, that's that's kind of the way this team is built right now is Carson Beck has to 
rely on this superhuman tight end who might just be the best athlete in college football and then have him just completely go off and take over a game. And obviously, I mean, he can do that, but that's not the winning recipe for, like, a number one team in the country, especially not if they're going up against tougher talent. Kentucky, I think it surprised people a, couple, a little bit this year. You know, no Will Levis, who they everyone thought was the like, one of the best quarterbacks that Kentucky's ever had. He's gone, and this Leary kid is is proven he's good. And like you said, they're, they're running back, fourth in the country in rushing yards. They're controlling the game pretty well. And everyone kind of thought they were, oh, going against Florida, you know, headed to the swamp. Oh, this, you know, this is going to be a – this is going to be a loss for them, easy pickup for Florida, and they just proved it. And they've kind of just kept on chugging along. Yeah. it's. So, I mean, they're, and their 14-point underdog seems pretty dubious. Everyone wants – because Georgia's number one, they want to give them crazy spreads and be like, oh, yeah, they'll handle this. But I don't know when the last time Georgia covered the spread even, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I would hammer that Kentucky just – that's a big number. And it's probably going to go down by Saturday. I bet you by Saturday it's 11 and a half, like something like that, crazy. Because – people will take that Kentucky action. They're going to, I would take two touchdowns on that. I think Kentucky, I, I, I don't think they're going to win, but I think it's 27, 24. I think it's right down to the wire, maybe even overtime in this game. But I think Georgia, they're playing with fire. And I think that they're still talented enough that they can escape and they don't, this is the basically their toughest game they have left on their schedule. So I think that they know that. And they're just like, if we get through this, like, it's the it's their biggest test we have the SEC title game. Like obviously Florida will be a test, but it's not that Florida team's not good. This is the best team they have left, and so they do still have to go to Tennessee though, right? So that's still a tricky, yeah, tricky yeah. matchup. But tennis, it's not the same. No, like, that game sure. was that game was in Tennessee last year, I think. Are you sure? I think I think Georgia's going to Tennessee. I'm not entirely possible. Yeah, look that up. I just, yeah, at Tennessee, uh, and then November 18th. Yeah, and then neutral site Florida world's biggest cocktail party. Yeah, yeah. So in Jacksonville, this is this is it. like you gotta get you gotta get through this one. This is the team, especially just with the SEC East in general. Like the team they have to worry about to win the division because Kentucky, if they win this game, like Kentucky's already beat in Florida. They could, you know, if they beat Tennessee, then too they have all these tiebreakers and everything else. Like you just gotta go handle business. I think they do, but I think they barely do it. Yeah, you know, and like like I said. Uh, t- Georgia is one in four against the spread this year, so not great. I mean, I would t- I would take Kentucky plus fourteen and a half. All right, let's rip through some of these uh, the rest of the top twenty five games here, or top you know twelve top twelve uh, ish games um, quickly, and we got Florida State hosting Virginia Tech, and I feel like. They're 24-point favorites, seeking their first 5-0 and start since 2015. Um, I don't know. I just don't trust this Florida State team after the last couple of weeks. And that's another thing. Like I, The cover, definitely. But I, I'm not picking a Virginia Tech upset, but I wouldn't be surprised if at 6 o'clock Eastern time, it's like 20 to 20, Virginia Tech, Florida State, you know, at Dote Campbell, and it's, start, and it's starting to get dark, and it's – tense out like it just feels like that team is destined for a lot of these games and you also look at that lsu win at the beginning of the year which doesn't look as good like lsu is not that good they're no they're, it doesn't they're it's not a great team so when beating them does not look as good what we have to look at now is that they're this is 
I don't know. Just feels like we might have uh, inflated Florida State, and this is a big test because this is uh, their big favorites, obviously. But I don't feel good about it, and I mean, it's not like Virginia Tech's been good this year by any stretch of the imagination. No, very, not. very, very average. Um, has a decent defense. If this game was, I mean, if this game was in Virginia Tech, you know, and it was. First of all, first of all, if this game's in Virginia Tech, it's probably like a seven thirty kickoff. You know, yeah. nighttime for Inter Sandman. They, I don't know. They'll they'll be scrappy. I guess is the right word for them. Uh, it all kind of just depends. I mean, they put up thirty eight last week against a bad pit team, so they can obviously they can obviously score. Florida State's uh, defense isn't amazing, so I wouldn't be surprised if they can move the ball a little bit. It's all just gonna it's kind of just gonna come down if they can steal possessions. If you if you're talking about an upset, I mean, yeah. I definitely think they can cover. That seems that seems ex, you know excessive for a Florida State team that at times this year has looked very weak. Yeah, Especially, I mean they've, they've dropped. I mean what they were third in the rankings a couple weeks ago and they've slowly dropped because people are talking about that they're not as good as everyone thinks they are. Yep, it's yeah. kind of over a little bit of overreactions and then they kind of have to you know react to them. Well, the, that's why the, you really shouldn't make the polls until after the first month. Yeah. Because then you can actually look at the teams, look at the data, look at use the eye test. Because all the whole top nine right now is basically decided from the preseason polls. And it's it's we're gonna go through the rest of the teams here too. Penn State is on like two buys. They're on a buy this week. Then they play at home to UMass before the Ohio State game on the 21st. So we'll see. We don't really have much to say about them. They had a rough start against Northwestern, got through it. The offense needs to play better against Ohio State, or maybe it doesn't because Ohio State's offense hasn't been that great in Penn State. No, it's, they're, they're another team, very slow. They start very slow, especially in these Big Ten games so far. 3-0 in the Big Ten, but slow starts each one. Right off the bat, that game, I mean, single – first they, they had no turnovers going into uh, last week, and then first kickoff, uh, opening kickoff of the game, Singleton fumbles Northwestern in prime territory already. Uh, but, I mean, they settled in in that second half. They lit it up. It's kind of a thing. It's Drew Drew Aller, his complete like his ability to complete passes and kind of even force the ball a little bit. In times, he's lack. He doesn't seem confident enough to force the ball downfield at all. Yeah, and then yeah. they're missing a lot of like layup passes. That's what's kind of he, killing him. He needs to up his risk profile for sure. He needs it, it to, a little bit. Like that's yeah. cool. Like I'm I'm glad he. You know they have it's the receivers good. though. They don't have elite receivers, and so no, I feel like they, they need don't. they need a guy that he can just go up and it's and the tight ends too like he like they don't have a game breaker i don't know if that's one coming but that's it's just the limitations with him he's not yeah like you're saying confident enough to elevate them completely yet and they're not good enough to elevate him in that point where everything's wide open down the field yeah. so you you think from like what we've seen out of his like arm that he has and like his strength and like the accuracy that he's kind of shown downfield that they'd be willing to take some of those shots and they just haven't and if that's a case that they're like saving them for some of these bigger games, you know, try to unleash. I it. would imagine that's part of it too. And I think that they they've played very safe at Illinois and at Northwestern in those games to just get out of there and against through. against like scrappy like scrappy scrappy defensive teams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Washington and Oregon both on by as they get ready to face each other next week, which will be one of the games of the year potentially. Those are, I mean. Going to be an incredible matchup there. We'll talk at length about that next yeah. week, I'm sure. I just want to say quick, because Michael, and it's not going to change because they're on five. Michael Penix right now has 1,999 yards passing through five games. So he's one shy of 400 yards passing a game, which is just insane. 
he he is gonna. I mean, he's not. It's what's kind of funny is that he's not even on pace to like get the record that Bailey Zappi set a couple years ago, which is absurd. But he is just what he's doing at Washington right now is insane. And that high feeling offense, I I gotta think that he is he is the clear Heisman favorite right now. Yeah. Well, maybe not clear, but I think he is the fa- I think he is the favorite. No, I think he's the favorite. I think he's the favorite. It's, it's between him and Caleb. Yeah. But I think right now he has. But the Washington's, I would if what I think that I'm better. Well, that's the thing. I think I'm at the point where Washington and Oregon are both going to beat USC. Yeah. And this next week feels like the the Pac-12, like top dog playoff yeah. team. And then, which I mean, and then they might play each other again hypothetically too because there's exactly. no divisions in the Pac-12 anymore. And then next year in the Big Ten, as we saw today. So, yeah. yeah. Um. One one quick note before we go. On to the next to USC. USC plays Arizona. They should just wipe the floor with them. Um, but one quick quote before we move on from next week's games. One team we didn't we didn't mention in the SEC East conversation: the Missouri Tigers. Who, if they beat LSU this week, they go to Kentucky next week, and that could be the team that throws the wrench in everything. Because Missouri right now five and zero as well, and you know they've they've had some close matchups, but they beat a good good. Kansas State team, they yeah, beat, pulled, pulled an upset on a huge field goal. Yep, they beat a good Memphis team. Memphis's only loss of the year, 34-27 at home. Um, they Middle Tennessee game is a weird conundrum. Only a four point win. Handle Vanderbilt. So th- yeah, if they win this game, like, and they go to Georgia at the start of November. So yeah. another game at home, but that's another one on the schedule for the Bulldogs that. Missouri has been looking solid this year too. But anyways, I just wanted to mention that. And then the other big game next week will be big for you and your boy Drake May as North Carolina is hosting Miami in a game that could be potentially two ACC playoff teams. Like they're ranked 17 and 14, but it's only because they haven't won enough games to move up the rankings yet. And this one will help them, those teams launch each other up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's like I, big games next week. in my preseason top 25, I had, uh, I had them at tw- I had uh, North Carolina at twelve, yeah, and then they you know the actual AP had them at twenty one. I thought I was way higher than beginning of the year than anyone else, and they're working their way up slowly. That's the thing too. Like if Oklahoma loses this week, they they'll slide up. If Bama loses this week, you know they'll slide up. UNC should slide up too. There's I yep. mean they have movement right now that they can get close to that top ten. I mean who if Notre Dame uh, loses even? Well, that's good segue because the last game we'll talk about Notre Dame traveling to Louisville, number twenty five in the country. And what should be another fun, interesting matchup? It's a night game on ABC. That lose Louisville night games are very. They, they used to be a blast, especially back in the Big East days. Even Lamar, it, it can get rowdy there. I, I don't know if Louisville is going to be able to move the ball on Notre Dame. Last week they scored 13 points at NC State, and we saw what Notre Dame did to NC State. Yeah, but that was there. that was a weird night game at. NC State, the Wolfpack was doing weird stuff. It was Bill Cower night. They were unveiled. Bill Cower night. That's Bill crazy. Cowernight. It was Bill Cower night. They were unveiling. He is the only uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer from NC State, all time. That's wild. So there was that was the thing. There was some weird. It was a black. It was the blackout game too. Yep. So there was there's some. I mean, there's levels to it, you know. They only beat Indiana by seven points. Yeah. Twenty-one <laughs> to fourteen win at Indiana. Well, I mean, you just don't go to Bloomington and expect to win. That's true. They they. I, smoked, I don't know why I'm fucking myself into Louisville right now. <laughs> smoked, bowling, smoked Bowling Green. Boston College at home. 
smoke Murray State, and they beat Georgia Tech on that first Friday night game in that crazy 39 to 34 effort. So I mean, who knows? There's the thing: is Notre Dame? I don't, I don't trust Notre Dame the rest of this season against any like good team. They could their offense is not like they've offense has been great, and then not the last two weeks against good competition. Yeah. Like they played two two good teams and looked pedestrian. So I'm, I don't know. And they have and they could look ahead. Yeah, you know, next See, week. I mean, it's USC. Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman shows though that you know, obviously, like he's been around for a long time, and he's played like this thing. He's playing all these ACC teams that he played forever at Wake Forest. So, like coming into these environments isn't completely new to him, even if the team he's on is new. You know, yeah. he he they lost the home, they lost the big home night game to Ohio State, but then went to Duke last week, college game day, and that was a crazy atmosphere. And he came through, and he you know powered through it, had an insane fourth down completion run. You know, he can put the team on his back if he needs to. So that's the thing. It's like I don't know how much, you know, the atmosphere is going to deter him from figuring out what he needs to do and then just keep on moving along. You That USC is at Notre Dame, right, this year? That's next week? Or is it, yes, yeah. next, next Saturday. Yeah, USC is at Notre Dame. Next so he gets, I mean, he, gets his, he gets his shot again against the – it's going to be a top-10 team most likely. Definitely. We shall see. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun week of games this week first, though. We'll start and leading off with Red River, but you're right. Next week, Notre Dame USC, huge implications there. And we talked about a couple other games next week. We're in the thick of it now, man. Let's get it. Yeah, every every game matters. All right. Have a good one, folks. Enjoy this preview of week. Were we six? Six. Yes. That's crazy. Week six. Have a good one. This is hey, teams are because a lot of these teams.